Let's get into the recording portion of it because we've got much to talk about. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hey, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham. With me, of course, today is the absolutely fantastic Jojo. To whom I say hello, Jojo. Hello, Graham. <laughs> Jojo, you know what the question is always. How you been? I've been pretty good. Yeah, good. yeah. I've been fine. Plugging along. Plugging along, plugging along, plugging along. That, I think that's the same thing I've been doing too. You yeah. know, but... It, it, it's not a week that I can complain about, to be honest with you. It was kind of shitty in the beginning, but towards the second half of the week, it got better. It always gets better. And knowing that the week will end and we'll have an opportunity to catch up and do this podcast together is something else, isn't it? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Today we are uh, chatting about a show that we watch, well, a limited series, uh, one should call it, on the Netflix. And uh, what is it called, Jojo? The Sins of My Mother, I believe. Sins of Our Mother. Sins of Our Mother. Sins of Our Mother. And it's true crime docuseries and blah, blah, blah. We haven't done one of those in a while, any. Yeah, it's it's been a while. It's been a while. So we haven't done one of those in a while, so we are going to go ahead and talk about this one. But before that, Jojo, I would like, if you would, for you to tell me, what did you watch last week? What did you watch, Jojo? So I watched this super, um, I don't know how to put it, campy, I think is probably a good word, movie on, on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. It's called I Came By. And uh, it's starring Hugh Bonneville, which people may recognize from being the, the, the patriarch on, let's see, on, what is that show? He plays Robert Crawley on the Downton Abbey. Right. Uh, right. So he's like generally you know, like a, a nice cuddly character. And anyway, in this, he's playing against type. He's, 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 a, he's a super bad guy. And it's got a really good cast, actually. So he's in it. Kelly McDonald is in it. Farada Sathu is in it. George McKay, Purcell Ascot. And it is a, it's a British film produced by Netflix. And it is British-Iranian production, actually. And uh, it starts out with the story of graffiti artists who are breaking into rich people's houses and... Uh, Leaving as a social statement, I came by. So that's where the title of it of it comes from. And they so they they leave on the walls this you know mural or whatever that says I came by, and it's to bring their cause is to bring attention to injustice and the how much better the rich have it and that kind of thing because it kind of opens up the privacy of these people's homes because of course they report it to the police, you know, it gets jumped on by, by media and that kind of thing. And they're posting on social media and all that good stuff. But anyway, so they break into this top judge's house and discover something horrible. And it kind of, that's where the story begins, I suppose you could really say. It starts with the their their discovery and their sort of crisis of conscience 
what do they do because they've they they really want to stay anonymous and obviously they're going to face some pretty serious charges one of them has made the decision to start a family and is kind of backing out of the graffiti art you know whole thing and he really doesn't want to be involved in it so there's kind of some conflict between the two and then it has uh it's got some twists and turns before the final ending, which is which I, I actually appreciated it. it. It was I'm not going to say it was stellar television, but I have to say it was it was, the, it was a thoroughly enjoyable movie, if that's the right word. Uh, it was a thriller and it was not entirely predictable, which I think is is fantastic. And uh, it's got you know, decent reviews. And if you've got a couple hours to kill and aren't really sure what to watch on Netflix, I, I can recommend it. It's 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 worth a watch. It's not really important or grand or anything in the scheme of things, but it was very entertaining. It's called I Came By. And when is this from? Netflix. And it was uh, it actually just came out. It was released on the 31st of August. So it's been out about two weeks now, I guess. I came by. Mm-hmm. And you just stumbled upon it, or did you happen to read something about it that made you interested in it? I, I just stumbled upon it. It was, I think, in the list of just released or something when I was scrolling through or recently added. And I was like, oh, I like, you know, I like Hugh Bonneville. And you know from the outset that he's a bad guy. It's there's there's no surprise there. I was like, it would be kind of fun to watch him play a bad guy because he does always play like these traditional fatherly English roles, yeah. and he does he does a good job. He does a good job. Yeah, sometimes you like you get you get these people, especially those uh, older gentlemen, that you 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 used to see them as the bad guy, and then the, you can see them playing a reversal. Like for instance, uh, Charles Dance, I believe his name is. Okay. Charles Dance was, you know, Lannister patriarch in Game of Thrones, and then later on we see him as, you know, this uncle that that uh, on the crown we see him as the uncle that Charles, the Prince of Wales, is very close to, sort of like God as a father figure and, and things like that, you know, and then much later you see him back to his bad guy again on something else like. It's really cool because you know you, you, they don't get typecast, and you know that after you get to a certain age, of course, you get typecast. So it's cool to see that they they have these ways of of finding themselves out of the box and and doing different things, right? Yeah, yeah, agreed, mm-hmm. agreed. And I'm sure he's made so much money from Downton Abbey that he can do basically whatever he wants. <laughs> so Downton Abbey was was a hit. <laughs> One of those is going to go in the bucket of I never watched, but, you know. Um. I watched the first season of it. I did. And um, I I actually enjoyed the first season of it, but my husband made a fantastic point. Every time something good happened to a character, then something absolutely catastrophic would happen to another character. <laughs> So like, you know, one character that it would, that, cause you, you know, you like the characters, right? So it's like, okay, I, I, you know, I like this character, I'm rooting for him and yay, they fell in love with this person finally. And then, you know, another character that you genuinely liked in the series would, you know, fall down the flight of stairs and break their necks and it's the early 1900s. So there's no medical recourse for them. So they have to basically take them out back and shoot them. I'm making oh, wow. all this up. <laughs> But it was just, it was kind of the same thing. Like, it, it was just like, oh, something good happened. Shit. Now what are they going to do? <laughs> Tragedy. <laughs> so it got to be too, 
to me and for my husband, it was like, this is too much. It's too, yeah, too, pre- yeah. too predictable. That's like, you know, watching The Sopranos. Once you get interested and invested in a character, boom, they get whacked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's insane, man. But hey, it is what it is. Um, so what's the name of this thing again, Jojo? The movie that I just watched? Yeah. I Can Buy. I Can Buy. I Can yes. Buy. All right. So yes. I Can Buy is what you watch. Yes. And what about yourself? You know, I've told you that I was like slightly getting hooked on K-drama. Yes. And it just happened. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm yes. like, in fact, I have made the decision that I'm going to add Korean as my eighth language to learn. Um, Fantastic. Well, my eighth language to speak. So I don't know when I'm going to get started with this, but I'm going to start because I'm interested, man. I'm interested. K-drama has got me. Look, after Extraordinary extraordinary Attorney Wu, I became very interested in the little actress that was uh, that starred in this show. And so I started looking for all the stuff that she's done, and I found... She had very good reviews. In fact, she's won a couple of very major awards in Korea. Um, her name is Park Yung-bing, and she used to be a... She, she, well, she's been acting since she was a child. She used to be a child star, and she grew up to be a very, very, very good actress and a very on-demand actress. And so looking for the things that she's done, I found... This series that she did, I believe in 2020, came out in 2021, called The King's Affection. And it has 20 episodes, very long episodes, like most of them are no less than an hour and 10 minutes, right? Okay. And the fact is, K-drama has its its flaws. Uh, you know, it's, it's great, it's fantastic, fantastic stories, great acting. Mm-hmm. But K-drama has its flaws because it's full of power ballads and really nature shots and like a whole lot of time wasting, if you will, <laughs> that kind of like slows down the story. It makes the episodes a bit longer. You know, a lot of things that one would consider one would consider kind of cheesy if you saw it happen in American TV. Sure. Much of the same way that Americans kind of view a, a little humor in Spanish telenovelas with, with, with all of that, you know. But except that the overacting is, is not there. Like, the acting in Korean drama is actually really, really on point, great. The histrionism is perfect, but the editing style is what either gets you too tired of it or you fucking get way too into it. I have an entire Spotify list built up the songs that I've heard on this show, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting into K-drama and K-pop too, you know. <laughs> well, I think but, Blackpink is coming out here to perform, so you'll you'll have to... <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm into the ballad, the ones that, that, that sings the slow ballads, you know okay. what I mean? Okay. The Got slow that. ballad. Okay. So there's this girl, this... Uh, singer named Lynn, L-Y-N, and her song is If I. And the only thing she says in English is if I, if I, if I, if I, if I. Everything else is in Korean. And I'm almost learning that shit, man. 
Because every time an encounter happened between the two love interests and shit, boom, that's the song that pops. There are three songs that pop up. You know, so I've started collecting like Shazam has been like, nigga, are you in Korea? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's 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 fantastic. So Uh. uh, seriously, you know, I my son told me something when I just started watching these things, and he told me almost every Korean show on Netflix, you will see that they sort of like recruit the same actors. Like it's still the old schools. This studio has a bunch of actors for five years and there's like exclusive contracts and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so you see a lot of them in different things. But this one, The King's Affection, 20 episodes, and it's a very entertaining story. It's a time capsule type of thing, you know, uh, from, you know, hundreds of years Okay. Ago, and it is it, it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing the, the cinematography is insane the costumes are absolutely fantastic and the acting is great and the editing well you know it is what it is but it's nothing that i get tired of really because it's just of course it's a different style of editing it's a different style of storytelling more than anything else so i'm cool with that but yeah. yeah, really enjoyable show. I, I highly, highly recommend this particular show. If you haven't watched Extraordinary Attorney Wu, give it a go. Okay. Because that one is a bit more fast-tracked and, and more modern in the sense that it's about courtrooms and attorneys and blah, blah, blah. Okay. It's a legal show from Korea. Like, I mean, this is beautiful. <laughs> you know, we see so many legal shows from Britain and, you know, from the U.S. and Canada. You know, to see something from a completely different culture, different language, different uh, uh, legal system, it's a beautiful thing to see. And, I, you know, I can't, I can't see why not. So highly recommended The King's Affection Korean show on Netflix. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I, I love the idea, too, of you, know, you were talking about the, the attorney shows and that kind of thing, you know, the sort of... Um, I don't know, prescription TV, you know, you have the, the doctor shows, the hospital shows, the, the cop, the cop shows, and you have the court shows. So I've always enjoyed seeing how the different countries and different cultures take on that sort of formula. And so that sound that sounds like it'll be really interesting because I, I, I like court, court drama and, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've watched different kinds, but I've not watched Korean. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be no, cool. No. That's that's really awesome, man. I I, I appreciate that seriously. Yeah. Right. So let us then move on to the show at hand, docu series "Scenes of Our Mother" on Netflix. We watched it. We are slightly still horrified. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we have a little bit of trauma. Yeah, man. I'm I'm not kidding. <laughs> seriously, yeah. I watched this thing and I wanted to go and watch all kind of human watch all kind of humanity of, out of me looking for a new planet to be honest because yes. yeah yes yeah i actually said that to my husband this morning i'm like I, i'm 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 ready to get out of this country and then i was like actually i'm ready to get out of this, this planet. fucking planet man <laughs> this is crazy it is crazy 
Yeah. So, Jojo, if you would, as you only can do, please tell our listeners what this docuseries is about. Um, so this docuseries is about a very disturbing case that happened recently in that I suppose we had the sort of culmination of it recently and learned about it. It's been, it had been going on for years, but, and it's the case of a, a woman with, I would say definitely some mental health issues, probably some schizophrenia. I'm not giving her a pass by saying that, I don't think, but uh, she, she, she had some issues that were not treated properly, is, is my take on but it. Tr- she ended up believing herself a god, a, a messenger from God, but also a sort of a god-like person. And she sen- essentially began sacrificing family members one by one to achieve some sort of perfection in the eyes of God and also in the eyes of her God, I suppose I should say, and also brought a lot of people along for the ride. And uh, she is, so this is the story of, of how that all began. It's the story of the reaction of her family members because they all definitely had different reactions and some of them had some quite bizarre reactions, I think you could say. And, or at least not understandable reactions to, to, to most of us who are, would, are average. And the, the play, I suppose you could say, of religion when it comes to mental health and how she, uh, she ruined and destroyed the lives, literally took away the lives of many people and then destroyed many other people's lives. And uh, it's a it's a horrifying story, and one I think that is something that we can all glean something from in terms of of learning about the human psyche and about ourselves and about the people around us. So uh, I didn't find it salacious at all. Um, I just found it disturbing. I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah, disturbing indeed. Uh, <laughs> the story. Sometimes I, I, I wonder why was this story told to begin with? And every story needs to be told, but I, I ask myself when I watch this, why why was it told? Because in the end, it was absolute and pure tragedy and almost to a certain extent, no resolution. It, it only left a trail of destroyed lives and absolutely disturbing and tragic things that all you can get is angry about the fact that why couldn't anyone see this coming? And yes. of course, from the benefit of hindsight, we can all say you sh- they should have seen it coming. But Sometimes it's good to remember that when your loved ones are the ones involved in certain things, you, you you don't treat it with the same objectivity that you would have treated it if it were someone to whom you are detached. And I think these, what's her name, Lori Vallow? Yes. Lori Vallow was in a state for a long time where 
<laughs> people around her should have realized uh, this person needs help. Yes. Yes. Yes, she was conniving. Yes, she was cunning. Yes, she was charming. Yes, she was a megalomaniac that probably would get would spin everything in her favor. But the problem I see here is that she was never a person who got confronted. She was never a person who got who was made to see the consequences of her actions. And in fact, she was never a person who took responsibility for the consequences of her actions. And so with all that, the more you get away with, the more powerful you think you are, and the more blatantly you act. And in the end, it's people around you that suffer because you, you, like, you leave a trail of uh, blood and tears. That, that, that's, all I can, that's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I think that she is um, a pure narcissist, someone who is incapable of understanding. And I'm not taking any culpability away from her by saying this, but I think that being a pure narcissist, she is incapable of understanding anything other than herself and of putting anything other than herself above herself. And I also think that she has some, because there was, there was some discussion about her younger days and, and when she first started having visions and that kind of thing, where I, I really think that there's some undiagnosed schizophrenia there because women are better at masking that than men. Right. And quite often it does take a sort of religious tone, especially if they're right. already involved in a religion. So it's, it's, I saw an angel, it's, I saw this, I saw yes. that. Yes. So I, I do think that there's some, un, un, she didn't get the help she needed when she was young. And I think that that is terrible and a tragedy, but I also don't think that removes any culpability from her because she's not insane and she's not She's not crazy. No. And and she's certainly had a lot of advantages that a lot of other people don't have and have, will never have. I mean, she's got advantages now that, that other people will never have. So I, 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 I'm not removing any culpability by saying this, but she, she, she definitely has some sort of mental illness going on. And at the same time, she is... It, <laughs> Her mom is a piece of work. I got to say that. Her mom is a piece of work. <laughs> I know we talked about her mom a little bit beforehand, but I just, I, <laughs> because I saw the same thing in her mom, honestly. Yeah. I saw the same yeah. sort of, I'm not going to think about that because I'll think about that tomorrow, the whole Scarlett right. hair hair thing. And I'm, I am who I am because of that. And, and these things happened to me. I didn't cause them. These things happened right. to me. This just happened to our family. My yeah. daughter didn't cause that. It just happened. It's like, woman, seriously, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> At first, I thought she was dumb. I'm like, this lady's a little bit dumb. Like, she's just a little bit stupid. And then by the end of it, I was like, no, you're just playing a little bit stupid. You you are you are also a narcissist. So anyway, yeah, there's lots of family issues there. You know, the way I would address the the part where her, the mental health get confounded with 
the religious religiosity. It is truly an issue. It is truly an issue because the fact of the matter is there are things that a, a genuine religious person will tell you that if you are not a believer and if you view things from the perspective of science, you are going to think this motherfucker is crazy. Mm -hmm. As mm -hmm. simple as that. And <laughs> there's no other way around it. And when you view it from the, from the point of view of somebody who, let me be respectful of the things that this person believes, then you accept it as, okay, well, that's what the, their religion tell them, right? And part of religious beliefs, religious system, is the application of faith over evidence of anything, right? And so when you know that as a matter of religious belief, somebody is capable of accepting some things that are completely outside of the realm of human possibilities, if you will, and those things are in a, in a, on a different plane, on a different system, if you will, then how do you go back and say, is it possible that this person has schizophrenia? Is mm -hmm. it possible that this person is dealing with some kind of mental illness? Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. How I am to believe that a televangelist will look at the camera and say, God told me such and such and such and such things. And God told me that you have to do this, this, not. When a regular Joe tells me, God told me to do these things, and I'm going to be like, man, God didn't say anything to you. If he's got anything to say, he said to, to Pat Robertson. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because he's on camera or something. Like, I don't, right. I don't know. <laughs> right, 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 right. And, and so this is, this is where, you know, I'm going to tell a, a personal story here. Throughout the entire podcast, you've, you've heard me always say that. I moved to the Dominican Republic from Haiti when I was 11 years old, and it was with my older sister. She was at least 11 or 12 years older than me, and uh, she basically finished raising me, right? She, 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 she was like a second mother to me. And my sister, as in my family in Haiti, everybody is evangelical. They're very, very strong beliefs. My family in Haiti is Baptist, but when my sister moved to the Dominican Republic, she changed to Pentecostal, which okay. is a little bit more profound, a little bit more aggressive in terms of beliefs and, and, and a little more strict. So for the longest time, when we moved to the Dominican Republic and lived together, my sister had, was showing some symptoms of mental illness and became a bit more overzealous with uh, the religious aspect of it. And her language, her, her entire, the entire way of her speaking changed and every two words was glory to God and praise God and she saw a demon in everything and blah, blah, blah. And at the same time, she started to show some, some physical signs that something was wrong because she was she was suffering from some 
temporary paralysis on one side of her body at least three times a day for minutes at a time. Minutes at a time. Now, be 12, 13, 14 years old and watch you, the only person that, <laughs> that you depend on going through these things and just only trying to pray it away. Pray it away. Pray it away. Never going to see a doctor. Yeah. Until eventually she did. And there was a tumor growing in her brain. Right? Yeah. So I tell this story because <laughs> the problem here is that this is the, the parallel I'm trying to draw here is that I was hoping that the prayer was going to work because at the time I was a child and still, and still I believed. But I knew that something was wrong. How do I know that? How, 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 how do I tell this person, you need to put your faith aside and seek help? Yeah. And this is the situation these, these people were on, wearing here. Yeah. You know, the only one who was Adam, who understood that, look, man, something has happened and you need help, was the husband, Charles. Yes. Yes. And that literally fucking ended up killing Charles. Yes, it did. And the crazy thing is, law enforcement didn't take the signs and they stood by and watched it happen. They did. This is the only guy that was trying to do something. Now, I yeah. understand that Lori could have gotten to her family and completely alienate Charles. But the police never did anything. No. So no. You, you, you tell me, because here's the, 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 of all the angles of this docuseries, I want to talk about the failure of law enforcement Mm -hmm. and even the failure of protecting those children. Yes. Because, and I get it, I get it. You, you, you're tired of hearing dudes accusing their spouses of being crazy and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the man told you, she has, she's threatened to kill me. She's threatened to kill me. I was away, I came home. Everything is gone. She's gone with the kids. If you don't believe me, if you don't care about me, if you don't care, if you actually think I'm suspect, that's fine. But fucking go find out where are my kids. Yeah. yeah. Try and establish contact. The police officer just told him, no, 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 no. She has a right to take those kids away. We'll wait for her to come back. Yeah. Mate, I'm telling you, as a father, I don't think my kids, my kids are safe. Now, if it were the other, way, the other way around, what do you think would have happened? Had it been Charles, had it been Charles that took those kids away, what do you think they would have done? There would have absolutely been a total manhunt that night, right then and there. If she, if, if, if she had said, if, 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 this, if she had said the same thing that he said to cops, exact same script, there, they, they would have immediately been a manhunt, uh, 100%. I mean, they would have been out after him totally. And I, 
it's incredibly infuriating because, and I don't know who I'm quoting when I say this, but <laughs> there's, there's lies, there's damned lies, and then there's st statistics. And statistically, of course, <laughs> you look at it, and statistically, it is the male that has done something to the wife and the children. But yes. <laughs> again, lies, damned lies, and statistics. And that comes down to them believing that over someone who is clearly in distress, genuinely worried the fuck about his wife. He yes. never made any threat against her. He was like, Not she's lost her mind. I want her to get help. Yes, he was never exactly. like this this crazy fucking bitch. Yes. I want her gone yes. or anything yes. like yeah. that. Yeah. Everything yeah. that we ever heard about Charles was, I want her to get help. And I want my children to be safe. Those are the two things. I want my children safe and I want her to get help. And he never threatened her with, with uh, you're going to jail or anything like that. Uh, it was just straight. I want you to get a, a mental health checkup Check to once you go to the hospital yes. yeah. and I want my, my children safe. And the fact that all of that was just pfft, whatever, as you said, is completely ridiculous and completely infuriating and a complete and total and utter failure of the people that are supposed to be quote unquote, supposed to be taking care of of the people like that, of the people who yes. need help. I mean, yes. who else is he supposed to turn to? Yes. Her, yes. her family has shut him out, except for, I believe, one brother who was trying to do something, but the family had shut him out too. Right. And there was no one on his side to really help him because all he had were his sons. You know, it, it sounded yep. like he was a very isolated individual, really. He didn't seem to have a whole lot of friends or, or, or a really good network of people who cared about him other than the family that he had made, the family that he cared about. Right. And that's what's so disgusting because they failed him at every single turn. Yes, yes. Every single turn they failed him. He did everything you're supposed to do. And they failed him. It is, it, it is, it is a total failure. But let me, I'm gonna keep on piling on with uh, with with the, with the law enforcement side of it. Yes, yes. Because this lady walks walks into the police station. Yes. And it's the only thing that was missing is the red carpet. Yes. The only thing that was missing is yes. the red carpet. See the beautiful little room she got put in for to yes. be talked to, and that had yes. ornaments on the wall and a nice little sofa. And I'm like, what the shit is this? I'm used to those videos, you know, where you got just the plain video, the the plain table and like chairs that absolutely will never come apart or be able to be used as a weapon or anything, and handcuffs. And nope, she she gets she gets carpets. She gets yes. she gets she gets carpets. And and they're they're completely smitten by her. She oh. tells them lies. And the crazy thing is, while she's speaking to them, you are noticing all kinds of inconsistencies. Yes. If you are paying attention, the inconsistencies yes. are there. Yes. They are there. Yes. But yet, <laughs> man, I'm telling you. This like the 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 brother for the instance that you're talking speaking about her brother she had two brothers but her brother that was under her control basically 
you know, he, his story changed, I think, three times in like right three there. minutes on the yes. curb afterwards. Yes. And the cop that was there was kind of like, wait a minute, you just said blah, 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 but yep. blah, blah, blah happened. Like, he, I felt like that was the one cop who was like, we need to do a little something about this. Mm-hmm. But but everybody else was like, yeah, no, forget it. But to watch her turn on for them was... <sighs> It was a horrifyingly familiar experience because, as I've shared with you, I I, I uh, grew up with a narcissist, a true narcissist, and I've watched that happen. I've watched yeah. the 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 ability to go, oh, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make you like me, and you're not yeah. gonna just like me. You're gonna want to do things for me. You're going to want to do lots of things for me. You are going to help me because you just feel so bad for me because I am obviously a very attractive person who has had themselves put in a very unfortunate situation and they're keeping, and I'm keeping very calm about it. I am very, very calm about it. Obviously they're the one that's having a problem because they're ranting and raving. I took my children to school. My goodness, mm-hmm. who who's going to do something like that if they're a, a guilty <laughs> person? It was chilling for me. Yeah. Because she I, I watched her do that in several instances. I watched it come on from inside. Yes. I watched the switch flip and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. yeah. It's scary. It's very, very, very scary. And um, yeah, like I said, and as I've shared with our audience and as I've shared more deeply with Graham, um, I, I, I know a lot about narcissism and to watch that happen and to watch the people fall for it. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing. Because it's like, you're a fucking cop. You're law yeah. enforcement. You're supposed to be mm. trained to recognize this shit and go, that's bullshit. This is an inconsistency. This is an inconsistency. And this is an inconsistency. That's and you're going to explain it to me. Because it's one thing to have a narcissist go, okay, I'm going to turn this on for you or me, right? You know, because we're not trained. Like, we're, we're just people. And we're trying to expect the best out of other people. And, you know, just through the rest, of the, right? You know, we're just tra- all trying to get along, basically, when it comes down to it. Law enforcement's job is to get to the idea and the nucleus and the grain of truth in the goddamn motherfucking story and not fall for batted eyes and I'm calm. But now let me ask you a question. Because I, I know some some people that listen to this podcast probably will think that it, it always turns into race for me. <laughs> but But yes, it is about race. It's, I mean... If, it, <laughs> If this instead of Lori Vallow, if instead of Lori Vallow, it was, I don't know, Jonisha Wallace, that the husband had accused of taking my children, say that she was going to kill me, took away all my stuff, I want you to find my children. Do you think Jonisha Wallace would have been able to waltz into the police station in, the next day and make herself the victim, the victim and still be believed? No, no. Simple as that. There's a lot of this is in this docu series. All if you've never understood what is it that we talk about when we talk about white privilege, watch this series and take note. Take note and make your own comparison. Would things have happened? 
with law enforcement at least, would things have happened the way that they all happened with these people? I mean, the brother, he calls and says, I had I just shot my brother-in-law in self-defense, right? Yes. <laughs> if it was in a different zip code, if the voice, if the tone, if the accent of the person on the phone was that of somebody that wasn't, didn't sound or didn't feel white, nine, ten fucking patrol cars would have been there in a matter of minute. Observe how Alex Cox is ordered out of the house. Show me your hands, but he still walks out with his cell phone. How many, how many black men have you heard? Have you heard being fucking killed 67 bullets with nothing in their hands? And not even at a murder scene or at a, <laughs> at a shooting incident scene either. So, so explain this to me. Explain this to me if you don't, if you don't think this is what's going on here. Look, as you said from the beginning of the show, Lori Vallo is still, still working the system based on her privilege. Simple as that. Yes. You know. So yes. this is this is this is infuriating because not only all of this could have been avoided. In fact, I want to say that Charles Valor's blood is in the police's hand. Sue me. I am going to take it, uh, and it comes to race, I'm going to take it another step. <laughs> I think that with Charles, if Charles had been black or a person of, of, of any color other than white and called about his wife and the fact that she'd taken the kids he would have been in jail that night. Yes. Yes. Um, he would have been in jail that night. Simple as that. Yeah. And she probably would have been in jail later on, too. Yeah. But I, I don't see that going at all the way it went when he called the police originally. And she had, and he was like, she's crazy. So the script could have been exactly the same, and it would not have... <laughs> It would not have gone the way that it went. Yeah. It didn't go right for Charles, but it really wouldn't have gone right for Charles if he'd been black no. or brown or yellow or, or any other color other than, than, than pasty white. And uh, especially not in the States that they, these folks were in. So I, I it's infuriating in for so many ways. It's infuriating for race. It's infuriating for gender, sex. It's infuriating for for these children that were lost. The system is completely fucked up, and it's it's just it's just horrible. But I agree with you. It. it I can't. I could not believe how nonchalant they were when Alex Cox, in, in the body cam footage, because this isn't hearsay or anything like that, there's all the body cam footage from everything that we're talking about, from the cops. They're going to a place where the guy is like, I shot and killed my, my brother-in-law. He comes out, as you said, with his cell phone in his hands. His hands aren't up in the air, and they're basically yeah. like, just sit on the curb there. Yeah, just sit there. Sit on the curb. Yeah. 
And the the guy goes in. One dude goes in the house, and yep. they and is like yelling back to his partner, "Hey, where is the gun? What the fuck are you people doing?" <laughs> I mean, and this isn't like you know bumfuck, you know Idaho. It, 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 this is the place that the police are fully funded and should be fully trained. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I hey, where, where's the gun? Does anybody know where the gun is? Yeah. What the fuck? Doing? Oh, and I've got one guy on the floor. There's a dude on the floor that's been dead. I think he's got a gunshot wound. Anybody know where the gun? What? What? It's just like watching Keystone Cops. Like what's it? What in the actual hell? (laughs) I don't. I don't understand any of it. I do not understand any of it. I. And when I say I don't understand any of it, I don't mean that I don't understand that it happened or that I don't believe that it happened or anything like that. What I'm saying is I don't understand how we keep allowing this shit to happen. This is out of my ability to comprehend that we're, we are just like, yeah, that's fine. Let's, let's fine. Let it keep happening. It's not affecting me. So yeah, I, I just, I, but yeah, all I could think was when he came out, not with his hands in the air and holding his gun. I'm like, why hasn't that motherfucker been shot yet? Honestly, that is the first thing I thought. I'm like, what? Why so is I he not I, shot? I why is he not these. in cuffs? They never <laughs> even put him in cuffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cough him and, and sit him on the curb, right? But I think about this. And I think about how quickly Tamir Rice was shot. And we have footage to show it. Right? Tamir Rice was, what, a 10-year-old playing with some plastic gun in the park. Yeah. The police arrived, and a dozen of seconds later, Tamir Rice was dead. This dude calls you, tells you, I shot my brother-in-law. In self-defense, I shot him, though. Right? So yeah. when you get to the house... I'm I'm armed. Yeah. <laughs> because I of have course. A gun. Yeah, I did shoot my brother-in-law, so that means I'm I'm armed. Right? So I should assume that when the police arrive, come out, show me your hands, and you should not have anything. Anything you have in your hands. I don't care if it's a cup of water, put it on the ground and walk towards me. Even if it's a white like, flag, no, a tissue. No, yeah, no, I don't have a, I don't have a gun. I'm and texting my lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, yeah. whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm... Whatever, you know. So, the hubris, the hubris on both sides. The hubris on both sides. And the, just the, like, it just shows, as you have said, the extent of of white privilege because I'm sorry, but who the fuck other than a white person is gonna come out of a house having just admitted to shoot somebody, having admitting to shot somebody and not be and be totally nonchalant about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seriously, who 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 else in America is is gonna is gonna do that? Anybody else is gonna be like. I just told them I shot someone. I'm already going to be on the curb. In fact, I'm going to be laying on the curb with my hands behind. You know, I, I just, I. 
Okay, so so let's let's move on to this other. Let's move on to this other part, right? Okay. Yeah. Do you notice how this? All of it is about vote. All of it is about how they want to look in front of certain people of a certain social class. And we know that you know the richer middle class are people who of a certain age are retired. Because most likely they've finished paying their mortgages and they're doing okay. Send their kids to school and shit. But they also vote. So when these two grandparents started asking questions and pressing the police, oh, it went from one state to another in the blink of an eye. And notice how diligent the police in Idaho were. Oh, hold on. Tell me, where's the kids? Where are those kids? And those police officers did start to notice some shit immediately. Yes, they did. They weren't going to go away. Yeah, Because it was about two white middle-class grandparents looking for the white child. (laughs) They have the time, the money, and the social status to make a stink. And make a huge stink and, and, and cause problems. We don't want those likely voters, you know, of a certain party to be upset about this shit, man. We're going to make shit happen right now. Yeah. That is as simple as that. And it's it's a shame. It's a, That's the wrong word, but I'll, I'll go with that. It's a shame that, that, that they were the only people that got any results. I'm glad that somebody finally got results because otherwise this would still be going on. She would have more cult members probably sacrificing their children uh, yeah. because they were dark dark spirits. Mm-hmm. There would be a lot more horrible things going on. So I, I am glad that there was somebody somewhere that took somebody seriously. It's just wrong that it one took so long and two that it took the particular class that you're speaking of to make that happen you know i want to be uh, the one thing i want to do is give big props to to the daughter-in-law the wife of uh, colby yes because as women do women are the greatest fucking detectives ever dude ever and she had figured shit out so much faster than any law enforcement did. Yes. Because yes. she went to evidence. She went to the evidence. Yes. This is what I'm saying, Ben. If you think you fooled a woman, that's because she allowed you to. <laughs> I don't fuck around with women like that, man. I'm just telling you. If you think you got away with fooling a woman, it's because she just didn't want to. She, 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 she's going to pick another fight. It's just like a, Not this know. one. Yeah. Not this one. She just let it slide, dude. Like, seriously. Yeah. Because this girl right there, she, okay, let me go back. This didn't sound right. Let me find the evidence. Let me arm myself with the evidence in order to say, okay, there's some truth to this. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And she was brilliant. I yeah. think she aided she aided this investigation more than anyone could ever tell. Yeah. 
I, I, I agree. I, I, I kind of liked her instantly. I yeah. was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But she, I have a feeling that she's probably at least partially someone, someone who brought media attention to this because she was like, okay, we're not getting anywhere with anybody else. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm taking this to television because I know they're going to be interested in it. I, that's not ever said in the documentary, but I just, the way that the, the reporter that they were interviewing, the investigative reporter, and he kept talking about sources and things and how he was getting yeah. some information. I was like, I think that was her yes. and good on her. <laughs> yeah. But yes, as you said, she, she, I, I loved that her first reaction was your family's crazy and we're going no contact Yeah. because yeah. I, because she was like, I'm having a baby and I need my husband and I need, I need us to work. And if you can't do that, then I'm, we're, me and baby are out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and I loved that she was just like, no, this is how it's going to be. If you don't like it, I don't care. Bye. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was another reason why, just to speak to your point earlier, I think that was another reason why Lori hated her so much because she realized that this is a woman that's going to call me on my bullshit. Exactly. This is a woman that sees my bullshit and she's calling me on my bullshit. Yeah. And I don't like that. So therefore, yeah. I don't like her. Therefore, she is a dark spirit. She is a bad oh, yeah. influence on my son. Oh, yeah. And I, I... I am very grateful that she didn't end up murdered because yes. I, I I could completely have sent, seen that being a next step. Oh yeah. In 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 the cult of murder that they had going on, and uh, you know she when she realized that the children were in danger is when she really stepped up and started her investigating work, and I loved yeah. that too because she was like, okay, we went no contact, but now I'm understanding that JJ, who is only seven, is something's going to happen to him or has already happened to him entirely. It just breaks my heart that it didn't happen sooner so that they could be saved. Yeah. Because they yes. are true. They are truly the, the, the pure innocence in this. They are the ones who paid the ultimate price and Charles, of course, too, but they had absolutely no ability to be able to do anything, especially not JJ being, being less than 10 years old, being seven, six or seven and being autistic. Autistic. Yeah. Yeah. He had no chance. And it's, I, it's just completely heartbreaking. I felt terrible for his grandparents. I mean, imagine the guilt because it was the decision of the grandparents to say, you know, we're getting old. Yes. So, can you just take care of this child for us? We feel like, you know, with my son, you could just raise this child as your own. Could yeah. you please do that for us? Because yeah. we're getting in, you know, and it's perfectly understandable. Yeah, it is. It's perfectly understandable, you know. So now imagine the guilt. Yeah. All would have been well. I mean, we would have been, we would have lost a son. But all would have been well with JJ had we not decided to give him, to let them adopt it. Imagine the guilt. Like when the old dude is being interviewed and, and he just breaks down and says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He turns away. Fucking feel it. <laughs> I yeah. feel it. I feel it. Yeah. Dable. Yeah. What an absolute bunch of dog shit this guy was spreading. Yes. And by the way, Podcast is brought up a lot. 
in this show. <laughs> and it made me want to fucking just quit this because every nut job has a podcast. And I don't want to be in their company and call myself a podcaster. Seriously. You, know, you, you want to know what, what I, I took some comfort in, though? Well, their audio is fucking shit. <laughs> I was like, they sound like mud. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> but, a little bit of levity there and amongst the horrors. But <laughs> this, is, this, this is incredible to me that somebody can go so far, so far with their thoughts. And I'm not asking for anyone to monitor thoughts. I'm not asking for that at all. But it's not the thought that needs monitoring, but rather the action of who is espousing the thoughts. That's what needs monitoring. Because you cannot tell me that you didn't think this guy was dangerous based on the shit that he was coming about. Yeah. This guy wanted to lead... <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah. He... He... I think that he... Well, he is obviously a piece of dog shit himself. I mean, what he was spreading is dog shit, and he's a piece of dog shit. Mm -hmm. I think that his meeting with with Lori is really what sparked him to have the I don't know quite know what to to call it, but the the inspiration the confidence if you yes. will the confidence is that's yeah. a good word to do what he wanted because i i think she was exactly what he wanted he he, he saw in her a prophet and she elevated his novelesque bullshit into something quasi truth or pseudo truth yes. so she took him from a level of this is pseudo fiction to this is the word of God. Yes. Because she, she had a very authoritative tone. Yes. She had a very, uh, had educated herself in some of the terms. Yeah. And something else about her too, and we're, we're, I'm going there again with class and, and color, is he was already married to a woman who was a lovely woman, I'm quite sure, but she was certainly not as attractive as Lori. Exactly. Exactly. She didn't have that look. She didn't yeah. have the she look. Was homely. Of, yeah, she was. A, I she was. A, I, yeah, she was. A, she was homely. a little plain. She was a little plain. Yeah, yeah. And she just looked like you know somebody's mom that you would see at a bake sale who loves her kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was no. There really wasn't any glamour about her in the pictures yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. And I am absolutely not saying that as anything to say that she deserved what she got or, no, oh my no, God, no, not at all. Jesus Christ, no. that's not at all what I'm saying. No. What I'm saying is that I think that he is a white male, the way that Lori looked, the way she carried herself, the way that she made him feel, yes. he felt that she was better than the wife he had because she's, she's going to push this message along exactly. further than Tammy ever could because Tammy exactly. just doesn't have that look that's going to that draw this particular... She's not going to pull in this class of people that I want to pull in. Exactly. And I, I, I think that that is disgusting yeah. and revolting, but I honestly think that that is how his brain worked. So that, yeah. that, that I've got my prophet here and she's, and she's cute. Yeah. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Fucking piece of shit. But this is a dude that, you know, 
suffered a concussion and all of a sudden thought that he was and it is it is so it's so joseph smith ladies and gentlemen if you don't know the history of mormonism and i know i'm gonna get piled on and shit you know but joseph smith was crazy and he created a church that's all i'm saying so yeah jojo now i mean i mean it's that that anybody this guy this guy has no appearance to even claim statues even as a speaker when he was doing his rounds of, of speaking and shit he had no pull like you would see the audience like really they brought me up here for this nigga like yeah. what the fuck is he talking about yeah right yeah because I, I... He, he wasn't he wasn't he, he wasn't a, he wasn't charming he didn't have any gravitas he didn't he wasn't a very good public speaker no. Until he found Lori. Yes. Lori was the only one who was crazy enough to walk up to him and give him the time of day. Yes. And here you have it. Yes. Yes. So here's the thing. The, this entire story is, is up for interpretation. All, all we can tell you is that it was tragic and a bunch of innocent people died. At least five people, four people died. Uh, Charles, so, Tammy, five people. Charles, yes. Tammy, Alex, Tylee, JJ, and JJ. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm so, surprised that they didn't they didn't kill Sulema. <laughs> I was surprised by that too, and I have a feeling they just didn't get around to it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. I thought Sulema was in the bag. And the lady that, that confronted them about, hey, what would you tell the police you have the kid with me? And she, you know, yes. Yes. I, I thought she was next to. Yes, I was. I, she, she was another one who was calling them on their bullshit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it took her a while to do it, but. So watch this and, and yeah. draw your own conclusion. I would say, but, and I know that I personally took it from the perspective of race and religion. That's what I got out of it because I know that. A lot of people, religion has been the the salvation for a lot of people in terms of, like, even here, in the, I'm not talking about, like, the afterlife. I'm talking about religion has saved a lot of people's lives. A lot of people actually can only make it through this life with religion. And I, I understand that, and I'm not against that. If that's what makes you wake up every day, and go through this life, and battle this life, and get up again and again and again and again, and fight and struggle and do it over and over again, and find some solace. That's perfectly fine. But there are some people who are not meant to be religious. There are some people who religion could only can only bring their bad side. And this is what you see here. What say you, Jojo? That was beautifully said, Graham. Absolutely you, beautifully said. That is 100% correct and, and beautifully said. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Heartfelt. So the, the documentary we just talked about is called Sins of Our Mother. And it's a three-part series on Netflix. Netflix, yeah. And uh, I think it I works out feeling... to be a little less than three hours long. 
Yeah, and I have a feeling that we'll hear more about this because, you know, the trial is still pending and I think they could pick it up from there and, and give us at least another three episodes soon. Yeah. And, of course, you told me of some interesting developments with the son, Colby, yeah. uh, outside of the of, of this whole drama, which I don't know whether or not it would be included in the next bit. But I, I have a feeling that we're going to see, much like the Gwen Chambling documentary, I have a feeling that we're going to see some, some untold parts that either are happening now or are yet to happen. What, what yeah. do you think? I agree. I agree. And I, I think that from what I understand, the um, law enforcement is currently playing this one pretty close to the chest. So I think there's some revelations that are probably going to come out at trial of, of other horrible things that have happened. There may be further charges down the road. And I think that they I can see them picking this up, as you said, for a few more episodes. I don't. I'm not a partisan of the death penalty, but if I could quote Nancy Grace, they should fry. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny you say that because when they were, when the, so there's two reasons that's so funny you say that because one is my husband said, I don't believe in the death penalty, but these fuckers need to die. <laughs> Two, when they were doing the uh, reporter over like uh, Vos Vosats, I, I was like, "Where's Nancy Grace? I want to hear from Nancy Grace." <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to hear that nasally, <laughs> that nasally accent. I need to hear it. Where is it? <laughs> Amy Poehler. It, it, it was it Amy Poehler that used to do the Nancy Grace. Uh, I it's think either Amy po Amy Poehler or Rachel Drashed that used to do the Nancy Grace was either not live and the catchphrase was that should fry <laughs> <laughs> and man i never watched nancy grace but I, I i started like going and check her out and like okay that that's uncanny that's insane <laughs> i should fry <laughs> oh man jojo let's call it today a day now we want to thank everybody for coming back to us and for not forgetting us because we, we took a break and uh, we put out an episode a bit late. It was on Thursday last week and we talked about the Emmys and things like that. And I was a bit afraid that folks had gone away and to never return. But we looked at this episode and it's doing well and it was on the very first hour of posting it. We saw the statistics and the downloads that there were still people there looking, coming back on Tuesdays. And the other thing I noticed is that even when we take breaks, folks do come back on Tuesdays looking for the podcast. And if they don't find a new episode, they then listen to things that they need to catch up with. Because I can, we can see the statistic behaving almost the same way as when we publish a new one. So... We promise that whenever it's planned and we are going to take a break, we're going to let you know so that it's not a surprise. But we want to thank you for, for sticking with us and uh, for coming back and for listening to this episode, right? Yes. Thank you for coming back, everybody. We appreciate it. And uh, we uh, give, us some, give us some ratings. Give us some love. Some, some good ratings. 
<laughs> yeah, to be honest, we haven't had, yeah. especially on Apple Podcasts, we haven't had a, a, a comment or a rating, a rating in, in at least a few years, two, three years. I know that not everybody listened through Apple Podcasts, but we know that counts. Yeah. Well, thankfully, because of the ratings, we have, we're still at a five-star podcast. <laughs> Had it, you know, grown more, probably it would have dwindled a bit. But we do need to hear more from you. Yeah. And, and if, um, if you've listened ahead. this long, if you've listened this long to us, we know you like us. So, you know. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, we, we know. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't have to be Apple Podcasts. You, it could be Podchaser, it could be Spotify, it could be anywhere you listen. And if you do want to say something, if you do have an opinion, please voice it. Go to kickitandswimmingpodcast.com and there's a little microphone there. Boom. Send us a, a voice clip and just let us know if you are okay with us playing it on the podcast or if it's just you want us to hear it. If it's just to, for our ears, we're cool with that. But we do want to continue to say thank you. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media, there's a bunch of places to find us. All the major social media. But on Instagram and on Twitter, you will find us as Kicking and Streaming Podcast. Jojo, anything else? I think that's it. If anybody would like to say thank you by giving us a little donation, we do have that on our website too. So yes. uh, just uh, buy us a coffee and... Uh, We'll uh, give you a big shout out. So thanks, everybody. Absolutely. We are happy that you are here. So thank you for being here. For me, for Jojo, this is goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group. 